Hey friends, <laughs> it's Mark James. Today's Sunday, the last day of the week. I realise, sorry I'm late by the way, it's 10 to 7 as I'm recording this, which is maybe the latest this has ever gone up. I've had like three messages from people asking if the podcast is up yet. <laughs> maybe I do that just so you all think I'm dead and I finally find out that people care about me because you need the podcast because you're going for a walk or something. Um, yeah, I'd love to tell you that I've been doing loads of like really important stuff all day, but I've basically paid Call of Duty for about five hours. It gets really addictive. It gets so addictive that it actually gets into your dreams. If anyone is a gamer at all or plays Call of Duty or anything, maybe you have it the same. I've not had it with other games. And I have to say, I'm not actually really a gamer in the traditional sense. I pretty much only play Call of Duty. I played um, GoldenEye on the Nintendo 64 and Zelda on the Nintendo 64 when I was like 11 or 12 maybe and through my sort of early teens. And I loved those games, but I never got into sort of um, Banjo-Kazooie, was it called, or any of those other things. I think that's what it was called. I never played any of those games. I just like GoldenEye and Zelda. And then I didn't really play games for years. I think when the Switch came out, we bought one for Joshua. And then when he was in a bit of a lull of playing it, I was going to Sweden for a month, which I'll talk about that whole experience on a different podcast, I think. But um, I was going to Sweden for a month. And so I asked him if I could borrow it. And he said, yeah. And I bought that Zelda Breath of the Wild game for it. And that was brilliant. It was good. I probably wouldn't have got into it had I not had a month in Sweden because um, it was very complicated. It was one of these games where you sort of have to fight and find different stuff, but also you had to find loads of ingredients and cook things and different combinations of cooking stuff made different potions that gave you different abilities or brought your health back and stuff. And typically I could not be asked with a game like that on any other day, but I had a month and I completed the game in a month and it was one of those open world games. It was really sort of engrossing and you could pick it up anytime and get back into it and I'd sort of switch between playing that for a couple of hours, then watching a DVD, and then a couple of hours back on that. And it was good. It was a good way to while away the nights, really. I loved it. However, I sort of got this Xbox and started playing Call of Duty, and I've got right into it. Now, I like playing it, but it's the banter that's best. I play... Uh, with a friend of mine called Brittany, who's Sarah's friend as well, and... um we play together quite a bit. And then I play with some magicians too, Taylor and Cammy and Bibby, Elliot Bibby. And uh, they're all great at it as well. And playing with them actually has been making me a lot better. So I play with them too and a few other people. But um, it's kind of really fun. I like the banter and kind of teamwork element of it. And um, we do have some really good laughs. And that kind of gets you through this old lockdown experience. Um I mean, we're not that locked down anymore, are we? we when it was locked down, we, we could call it that. But at the moment, it's kind of things are, for some people, things are almost entirely normal. Shopping is a bit weird, but some people have jobs that's pretty normal. Uh, a lot of people's jobs have gotten a lot better. My friend Joe, he um, he had to work from an office and now he's working from home. And I assume, I haven't talked to him about it massively, but I'd assume that for him, things are pretty great. You know, the commute to work, he's got a nice office that he's built. He's kind of, you can cook in your own house. You know, if you're able to work from home, 
you know what it is? I think if you couldn't work from home before, or you could, but you were told by your company, you can't work from home. And now you've been forced to work from home. And now you found out that actually working from home was a lot easier than they ever said it was. They just couldn't be asked to set it up. You've had a bit of a result, really. So in some senses, things have gotten better. Obviously, for people like me, artists and performers, things are a bit shit. But, you know, we've always got Call of Duty. <laughs> so, you know, I've killed loads of... But I tell you what is funny. When you, um, when you play this game, one of the best things is you're wearing a headset so you can talk to your friends. But there's this thing called hot micing. So you can hear strangers' microphones, but only at two times in the game. You can't hear everybody because that would be chaos. Because, of course, there's 150 people playing the game all at the same time. Well, no, of course, you might not have known that. But if you play Warzone, there's 150 people playing it. And so you can't hear them. But when you kill somebody, you can hear their mic for like five seconds just after you kill them. So if you shoot someone, what you quite frequently hear is, Oh, you stupid motherfucker! <laughs> and it's great. So if I get killed, I try to sneak in one-liner jokes. You know, so someone shoots you and you go, Velcro, what a rip-off. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've killed me in that game you'll know it's me because you'll have heard a really short one-liner joke but mainly you just hear people go ah oh, the prick's got me he's in and you start to hear them tell their teammate where you are and you run as fast as you can to try and get a different position so yeah call of duty's been fun i'd recommend it even if you're not a gamer give it a bash but it does get into your dreams which is a bit of a problem i sometimes wake up in the morning tense because I feel like I've been in, a, in an actual war zone, when in fact, my brain is just somehow recreating and playing the game that I was playing yesterday. Speaking of swear words, I'm the friend that when you answer the phone, you have to immediately say who else is in the room if you're on speakerphone. My friend Mark was talking about it today, that, because um, I always... You know, I can't say the words that I say because they're incredibly derogatory. And uh, you all know the sort of shit you say when you're talking to your real friends. But he'll answer the phone and I'll go, all right, you minge bag or something, you know, really horrible. And he'll laugh and then we're off to the races because I realized that I hate when you start a chat. Whoever says, how are you doing first, is going to end up having to say, live in the dream. If at the beginning of the chat, you say, how are you? You're about to say live in the dream. This is how it goes. Hi, mate. How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. How are you? Live in the dream. <laughs> Whoever says how are you first, they're going to end up living the dream because that's how you bring that whole thing to an end. That's how you close that section of conversation. So I call my friend and instead of saying, how are you? I go, all right, fuck face. And he goes, yeah, mate. And he'll laugh. And that's that bit done with. So... It reminded me that uh, I called my friend Helen once and she was on a train. Now, Helen is my friend who I, I lived with her and her husband during Panto. I'd put on uh, I'd put on Facebook. I needed someone to stay with in the Nottingham area and they lived there. I was doing Panto in Malvern and she said, oh, why don't you live with us? So we sorted it all out and... I actually did live with them, and I'd never met her husband before, Chris, whose nickname is Arms. Uh, hello to Mez, Big Mez, Little Mez, uh, Rochelle, Vanders, uh, and Laura. I hope they're all well, in case you're listening to this podcast. But, um, 
yeah, his nickname's Arms, and he's a personal trainer. And um, I live with them both, and we played a bit of Goldeneye, actually. But I called Helen once, and she was on the train. <laughs> and I FaceTimed her. So, of course, my voice was on speakerphone. So she answered, and I went, What's up, motherfucker? And she looked embarrassed, and she went, I'm on the train, everybody can hear. And rather than apologise, I went, What's up on the train, motherfuckers? <laughs> <laughs> and she said that loads of people uh, in the train laughed because, of course, they knew that she was at the whim of the person on the other end of the phone. And she hung up and then she called me back on a normal call and she was dying laughing and so was I. And I realised how many times in my life someone's answered the phone and the first thing they've said is, I'm on speakerphone and my mum's in the car. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm on speaker and the kids are in the back, you know, and that's basically my warning to not be myself. That's my warning. Be the version of you that I would introduce to people who don't know you. Don't be the real you. Be telephone you when people are here. Um, it happens to me all the time. So, yeah, soz about that. Um, which reminds me, I ran my friend Billy this morning, and the first thing he said was, Hi, mate, you're on speakerphone. Danny's here. <laughs> Now, Billy and Danny, they are a lovely couple. And Danny, she uh, she's the one who sent me the message asking me to write Billy a nice birthday message. And I did the other day because he turned 40. But he, w he was listening to the episode where I put my shoes on in the wrong order before the trousers. And we were talking about the fact that um, he makes tea in the wrong order. Now, I've ranted about hot tea before, but let's talk about how you make this tea. I am of the opinion that you put the tea bag in first and then you pour the hot water in, nothing else. And then you let the tea bag brew because it's called a brew, isn't it? You let the tea bag brew. You don't do anything to it or mess with it. You just let it brew for about two minutes. That's about right. And then you squeeze the tea bag. You take the tea bag out and you put in the milk. And if you want sugar, you put in the sugar last. Okay. Billy told me that he puts the tea bag, the milk and the sugar in before the water. What's going on there? Because to me now, you can't help but some of the liquid comes out with the tea bag. So I'm of the opinion that some of the milk and some of the saturated dissolved sugar is coming out with the tea bag, which is not what you want. That's making that brew in the wrong order. It's That's messed up. And then I said to him... Uh, about the sugar that I don't have sugar anymore. And he said, yeah, I put the tea bag in, the milk and three cubes of sugar. I said, three cubes of sugar? He went, yeah, I'm cutting down. <laughs> There's, I mean, we've had this chat already about when you make tea wrong and people go mental, but three cubes of sugar. The other thing I hate as well is when people say, uh, do you want sugar? And rather than say no, they go, no, I'm sweet enough. And everybody who says that joke, I'm sweet enough, says it like they're the first person who's ever said that. And sometimes it's got charm, but mainly it's annoying. But they're not nearly as the people who bad as the people who say, when you say, how are you? And instead of saying not too bad, they go, not three bad. <laughs> Those people need to die. Not three bad. Those people need to die immediately. I can't bear them. Not so. Tell me. Here's a thing for you to write on the uh, on the thing when I share it on uh, Facebook or private message me or whatever. 
Tell me the most annoying phrases that people say to you. Not three bad is mine. I can't bear it. I'm sweet enough is bad, but not three bad is worse. Those people need to die immediately. And speaking of people who need to die to close, let's talk about the Conservatives one more time. The Brexit disaster that has now become so farcical, it's ridiculous. I just found out that... Obviously, there needs to now be a customs border between France and England because that's the um, place where stuff will come almost on land, you know, because the train and the channel tunnel and all of that stuff. So and ships coming in with all of these things, things are getting delivered to Dover mainly from France that have come via land from the rest of Europe because France is connected to basically all of mainland Europe uh, by land. So they drive through and everything's all good. But now, because England is no longer in the EU, EU customs checks don't count. So they have to be customs checked again to get into Britain, to get into the United Kingdom, uh, to get into... Yeah, so... Obviously, France has said, well, balls to that. We're not having all these customs checks in France because we don't need them. So we'll just send stuff across and you can check it when it comes to England. But things cannot legally be in England unless they've been customs checked. And that's going to take ages and take up loads of room. So that's why they've built eight miles worth of lorry parks. (laughs) (laughs) but in order for these lorry parks to not be illegal because they've got goods in them that can't yet have left the European Union and entered into England, eight miles of Kent has to now be France. (laughs) So in in an effort for morons, uh, which is what I'm calling you, sorry if you're a Brexiteer, you're a twat, um, but you're probably a nice person. And maybe you didn't know what you voted for. But in an effort to take the country back, as they claimed, we've now given at least eight miles of it to France. (laughs) It's not going well, is it? But at least you haven't got to get on a plane or a boat to get a decent baguette anymore. Those eight miles are going to have decent baguettes and all the other good food that's French. We just go to Kent. Imagine French people saying Kent as well. What does it sound like? Kent. We go to Kent. It is full of Kent. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake. Let's take our country back and vote Brexit. What about Kent? Um, Some of that's going to have to be France. Kent, by the way, it's nickname. uh, You know, like in America, they have Florida, the Sunshine State. And uh, in, in the UK, where I'm from, Durham, which is the county I'm from, is the land of the Prince Bishops. You know, they've all got their sort of tagline. Kent is the Garden of England. Well, now the Garden of England is going to be connected to the patio of France. (laughs) Fuck's sake. That's today's episode, friends. I'll see you tomorrow. Tell me about your shitty phrases, you annoy you. Bye.